going on guys welcome back to network chuck today we're talking about how to study um studying can be kind of a stressful thing uh for me obviously i posted a video recently how it was like super super uh difficult for me to try and study and balance a bunch of things um studying for it certifications especially when you're you're working a job or you have a family or you're going to school can be one of the hardest things you go through. Um, definitely possible, definitely doable. Uh, if you have a few hacks, a few tips, a few tricks. Um, I've talked about that a lot on this channel thus far, uh, but I have someone on the channel today uh, who you might know, the packet thrower. He's well known and he um, is a guy I, I wanted to bring on because he always is studying and getting certifications left and right because it's kind of the nature of his job. He is a uh, He's constantly having to get the next certification because he's a, a consultant and he has to learn the next latest and greatest things. So let's bring him in. Uh, Don, I'm going to bring you in right now. Can you say some things? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Cool, man. So this is, uh, you said your name is Don Rob, but people should know you as the packet thrower. Um, so real quick, why should we listen to you? Why should we even care what you have to say about studying? And do you ever even study? I, on the internet, I wouldn't lie to you. You wouldn't lie to me. I mean, uh, yeah. come on. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in this uh, industry for a long time uh, as a consultant and as an architect and as a network engineer. And uh, I've uh, done practically all the CCMPs, most of the Cisco certs, in fact, most of the Juniper certs. Uh, um, I've, uh, I'm an author. I've helped Tom Lamley write the CCNA book, and I'm writing a few other books with him. I'm writing an Azure admin book. Um, made the second best YouTube channel. Of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, and yeah. it's and it's it's really getting to the point where I I'll just have to quit because uh, it's getting up. There. I know. You've got your your, your sexy uh, intro going like, on. And... <laughs> um, so I guess we should start with because you are. You've made a career out of pretty much studying, and if we're honest, if you excel in IT, if you really go far fast, you you're always studying, and that and that's that's just kind of the, the the job description. So, how what are some of the things you've done, and how and some of the routines and the habits you've you've kind of given yourself to become a master of studying to to attain all these like because I mean I swear every week, and I'm not kidding. You tell me about a new certification you're you're getting or about to get or just got certified in. It's it's crazy. So how what are some what are some of the best things you can tell us about how to how to manage, and, and some of the I guess some of the tricks you kind of developed over the years. Well, one of the main things is uh, I'm a big fan of short term. So what I like to do is um, I talk to a lot of people and they always ask me should I read a chapter a night or how much I study for the CCNA or what have you. Uh, what I prefer to do is just uh, try and say I want to achieve four things a day, whatever they are. And uh, that way, if I'm reading a book, that could be one thing. If I'm making a lab, that's one thing. And uh, basically, I just want to get to the point where I do four things, whether that's me making a silly lab just for the fun of it there, or that's me helping out uh, someone on the Discord or YouTube and making a video or what have you, but uh, basically I just like to have a small little goal just to bump me into where I want to go because it's a relatively easy win and it's not necessarily a daunting tax there. Like uh, I have probably a hundred books on my shelf. It's going to collapse my closet one of these days. And uh, That's how you're going to die, right? Like we're going to see an obituary and that's, that's how you Oh yeah, uh, I'm going to try and reach one of my books on the bottom and uh, that's going to be the enemy. <laughs> but uh, 
I mean, each of those books are usually like, uh, at least a couple hundred pages to a thousand pages. And uh, if you have like an arbitrary limit of saying like, hey, I'm going to read a chapter a day, well, not every chapter is interesting. Like uh, I'm uh, writing an Azure book I mentioned, and I'm, the chapter I'm writing has to do with subscriptions. That's not a very interesting topic. No, it's not. It's not very sexy. It's like, well, here, it's here's how they're organized. This is what it's for. It's yeah. It's and it's another way. Well, like I helped with the CCNA book, but uh, the CCNA, like you have to build a lot of theory. You have to learn what a frame is. You have to learn what ARP is. You have to spend a lot of chapters before you get to the fun stuff of hey, I'm going to make OSPF and make a ping happen. So uh, you got to learn to build your foundation and uh, try and. Uh, work on each building block. Now, what, what do you do when you have to like learn something completely brand new? Um, which I, I know as you progress in your career, kind of all things in IT start to kind of blend together. Like, oh, well, I'm gonna learn this because it kind of blends in with this and I already have a large background, but what do you, how do you uh, tackle a new topic? How do you organize yourself and kind of uh, decide your plan of attack when you have a new certification or a new technology you have to learn? Well, the first thing I like to do is, um, well, I guess we can break it into two things. There's uh, learning a certification and there's learning a thing. So uh, <laughs> Learning a thing. <laughs> well, because like uh, not everything has a... Well, right, right. Uh, so, for example, um, like uh, I have um, just been informed I have a large uh, Aruba Meridian project, which is their location services for wireless. And... Uh, I have to start Wait, working on, on that. More Cisco. More, more, more Cisco. More Cisco. <laughs> uh, I'll switch them over to CMX uh, when they least expect it. <laughs> but, um, but uh, I mean, uh, first what you want to do is um, you want to see, okay, well, is there a certification I can read? Like, can I buy a book on that topic? And just uh, start flipping through it. When do you uh, reckon? Like, sorry to like bounce all over the place, but this is stuff I sure. want to like see how because I'm asking for myself. I want because you you're way out there. Um, when do you decide to just pick a topic and and become familiar with it, and, or when do you decide just to go for a full on certification and just go down that path? How do you decide that? Well, there's two ways of looking at it, right? Uh, one is. Um, if I'm interested in a topic, generally I'll get lab access or uh, find a way to get access to it, or I'll be working on a project and I'll, I'll have to deal with it as part of the project. And as I go, uh, I'll uh, get more and more comfortable with it there, and then uh, I'll either make a business decision, like I can this can help my current career path by saying, hey, I need to get the cert so I can make a presentation on selling the service because I'm a consultant. Mm. Um, well, more practically, um, if someone was, say, doing more of a junior cert, like, say, the CCNA, they can, or, say, DevNet Associate, because that's more of a fancy to the right kind of cert, uh, you can say, okay, well, where do I want to go in my career path? And sometimes just throwing a dart on the board, because you don't actually know if you want to do that career, because you haven't actually done it. But uh, you... Uh, Think uh, you try some stuff, see if it's interesting to you. Uh, kick the tires a bit. Um, if you like it, uh, then generally you'll be interested enough to start digging more. If you don't like it, you should probably stop. If I'm being honest, because uh, unless you have to for work, uh, you don't want to be a phone guy if you hate phones, because you're going to hate your life if you're dealing with voicemail every day, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of people. I mean, that's the reason I got so far so fast, because I, I those people did not like that, obviously, and I just stepped in and said, "Hey, I'll do it." 
because um, I actually ended up liking phones a lot. Um, so yeah, that's. I like phones. I'm a cloud guy. Uh, yeah, so I mean, phones are fun. Um, so one guy just asked. He said, uh, "How do you? What do you do when you're like going through a boring part in the CCNA? Um, how do you stay motivated? How do you how do you go through? Because like I, like you just said, you're writing a chapter in Azure about subscriptions. I remember making a video on subscriptions twice because I did it for Azure Fundamentals and the uh, AZ 103, which is turning into 104. Uh, it's kind of dry. Yeah, it, thanks Microsoft. Yeah, thanks Microsoft. <laughs> Way to keep us updated. Uh, I mean, thanks, but no yeah. thanks. Um, so what do you do to kind of spice it up uh, and keep yourself interested? Or is it just more of a, you just have to go through it. You just have to just grit your teeth and go go for it. Well, I like to do two things. Uh, I'm a big fan of what I call passive learning. I don't know if that's an actual term, but I'm claiming it if it's not actually a term. But um, basically what I will do is I'll put on something like a INE or CBT Nuggets or whatever uh, re uh, video resource I can find, assuming there is a video resource. And... Uh, I'll basically just let it play, um, and then uh, I'll do something to keep myself interested. Like I'll play like uh, a simple video game. Like don't play Call of Duty or something. We have to focus on it, but play like a you know a platformer or something, just so your mind is interesting, but you're uh, listening to the concepts. Okay, that's that's actually and, that's awesome. Yeah. And then the idea is that because um, especially when you're first starting a topic, there there's a lot of stops and starts and uh, apples and oranges and. Uh, not everything flows together because, uh, you know, you start talking about, hey, uh, there's routing, but you also need to know about this and you need to know about that. And uh, kind of becomes a Guy Ritchie film of, oh, wait, you need this information for the plot to make sense. Uh, so if you watch a video, uh, just plow for the course um, while uh, playing a game or doing something, some other passive activity, but basically just sitting there and actually listening and paying attention to it then at least you get the big picture so you can say, okay, I understand what routing is, I understand this, this is why they're talking about that, they are not going to be a complete train wreck when I'm trying to understand it. And then, uh, once I do that, then I'll circle back and then I'll do like a detailed reading of, okay, now I'm gonna actually read the chapter and uh, that's where, uh, and at that point I'll probably stop and start making some labs and that kind of thing. Um, uh, another thing is you got to learn how to make your own labs. Like it's great that say oh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. Boston or whatever has a, or well, whatever YouTuber has uh, some labs online and that's great for starting but you should be able to say hey um, what happens if I throw these two things together and just see what happens and like uh, a lot of times there I'll uh, throw together some random scenario either because I just want to see what happens or um, another way to help out people that's kind of related is uh, working on the discords or uh, the reddit or make a YouTube channel or a blog um, plugging both by the way and uh, <laughs> by the way guys uh, I will put a link uh, actually you know I'll, I'll, while you're talking I'll, I'll find your link real quick and I'll post it in here so keep going cool uh, but anyway uh, because you can either make your own labs out of interest or uh, you can make your own labs uh, because you're trying to make content for your lab and that just kind of forces you to say, hey, I need to make a video for my audience or I need to help out this person because they don't understand routing and I'm gonna make a packet tracer lab or what have you. And uh, when you make content for others, hopefully you're putting more effort into the content there to make sure you're accurate and you're not uh, just kind of throwing it together. So it kind of forces you to make sure that when you're giving something to other when you're giving it to someone else they're being somewhat accurate so it's a good way of keeping yourself honest and 
Uh, usually if you're just thinking like, okay, well, I need to make a blog post every week or my blog's going to die and I waste my money on WordPress, then uh, <laughs> uh, you uh, may as well uh, keep at it there. So uh, I like making blogs. Uh, if you read my blog there, I make a bunch of random sometimes off the wall topics. No, uh, it's great. I mean, I, I used your blog uh, when I was uh, working on the uh, the guest show. I mean, that, that was so cool. And you like, you pointed me in that direction. It was really cool to, to play with that. Um, so based on what you just said, so passive learning, that's, that's a great recommendation because uh, oftentimes I know like for me, it's, it's hard to do focused learning sometimes uh, just because I'm either burnt out or I don't have the time to focus. So maybe when I'm driving or when I'm having to like feed my kid or something, you know, like four kids, I'm always feeding one of them, um, passively listening to something, not like getting into the weeds and labbing, but just passively listening, kind of soaking it up. Um, that's helpful. Because like you said, it's sometimes uh, just hearing a topic and, and letting someone else kind of go into it um, really helps you kind of just, I guess, marinate yourself into it and soak it up. And then um, beyond that, you said to get their boring stuff, lab it up. So if you can, so like for example, subscriptions, it's kind of hard to lab up Azure. I mean, it's not hard, it's just not fun. Uh, you go into Azure and when you create an account, you have a subscription. <laughs> so you could create another one, but it's like, but you can spice it up a bit. You can be like, I'm going to make a subscription with PowerShell or whatever. That is right? true. You know, you just, man, you just solve the problems. Yeah, you could use PowerShell or Bash to, to create a new subscription. And um, you learn something new by learning the commandlet, learning how to use command line. Yeah, that makes it more interesting. So, yeah, um, great example. Um, so, I guess maybe something boring in the CCNA. Gosh, I, I don't know, like a lot of theory. I, I don't know how you make that spicy. Um, <laughs> but oh, theory is kind of a hard one because uh, you have to learn theory to a bit uh, to get anywhere. I mean, uh, you can always jump forward, but at that point, you're just kind of typing in commands before really knowing what you're doing. So uh, I think that's more where passive learning is there. And then um, if there's uh, generally, as, as soon as you have the basic skills, as soon as they start giving examples in the book, you should be trying to follow that in the lab. Like uh, Cisco, for example, has a lot of relatively free resources, like you can do uh, Packet Tracer, even though I kind of hate the tool, but you can use Packet Tracer to uh, What do make you recommend? Um, well, for CCNA, I, as much as I dislike Packet Tracer, and it's just because of the limitations it imposes on the senior, you know, like it annoys me within 10 seconds because it messes with my workflow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really a fantastic software up to like that point up until, <laughs> until almost about passing the ccna or maybe not with the wireless anymore i need to see what the new version's like um because the wireless is kind of a game changer for the new ccna but um i know they do have add wlc component i just don't know if it's um i i did see uh, someone play with it it's very 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 basic and nothing fun yeah fair enough uh, so i mean um there's that there but cisco also gives you say um DevNet has what they call sandbox resources. Which are fantastic, uh, yeah. Uh, you, anyone, everyone here on this uh, stream can log on to uh, DevNet Sandbox, and they can play with uh, a variety of Cisco gear, um, including uh, some router labs and whatnot. It's focused on developers, but uh, if you want to play with something like a Cisco wireless controller, they do give you access to that there. Uh, they also have dCloud, which is meant for partners, but I'm told uh, regular people can access it there. Um, it's kind of a humble brag, but if uh, so much random Cisco access, I don't know what's normal anymore, but <laughs> I'm told that people can do it. No, um, I, I, I've been there too. Like I was creating a collaboration course and I had access to all the dCloud stuff. And I'm like, gosh, I need to figure out what people can actually access. 
So I created another account and had my wife create an account and see if it could work. And you do have access to basic stuff, but nothing like too crazy and fun. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get like an ACI lab, but you no. should be able to do like the basic router stuff uh, for playing around. Um, then you also have things like INE has rack rentals. Uh, so uh, for, I don't know uh, if they changed the pricing, but at the time they were relatively uh, cheap there to rent a CCIE lab. Now a CCNA doesn't necessarily need a CCNA or a CCIE lab. But, I mean, it's still a router, it's still a switch, you can still play with the basic components of it. Right. Uh, right. But, uh, you don't necessarily, just because it says it's uh, for seniors doesn't mean that you can't uh, spend some time and play around with that kind of resources. What's your um, likewise, What's your lab of choice? Do you use EVNG, GNS3, what do you love? Um, I'm a viral guy, um, more Cisco, of course, but um, I do like viral, uh, it's... Um, a great automation platform. Ah, uh, okay. It's uh, because what it can do for you is, uh, and it's granted this is more focused for seniors, but it can uh, configure your network for you there so you can uh, focus on the more important things. And it also has full like RESTful APIs and stuff. It's uh, it's a great solution uh, and the new updates coming soon there. Uh, I was given beta access to it, but I haven't got around to actually press the button. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, ha I got the same thing, and I haven't messed with it yet. But I'm uh, throwing together a course with Todd about uh, how to use, um, I'm calling it the Network Toolbox, and basically it's just uh, going to be like how to use GNS3, how to use Wireshark, how to use Viral, that kind of stuff. So uh, whenever I get around to doing it there uh, in my pile of work, uh, it'll show up eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk about books real quick, because... Um... I mean, books are some of the best way to pick up knowledge, pick up certifications. Uh, but some people really struggle with uh, getting through a book, paying attention, making sure it's exciting. Uh, do you struggle with that? And what do you recommend with someone to how they can just kind of conquer a book and get through it? Because sometimes it's just you just have to do it. You know, um, I'm actually really good at reading. Um, I can read very fast and get it. But what I cannot well, you're do. No help. I'm not no, no, no. But what I cannot do is I cannot uh, read information I already know. Mm. So, um, if um, like uh, one of my favorite books is um, well, technical books, not book book, but uh, is uh, the Routing TCIP Volume One and Two. No, oh, it's Jeff uh, Doyle. Jeff Doyle's uh, uh, book there, and it's a great um, uh, it's a great summary or technical deep dive into all the routing protocols at least at the time it was written, and. Um, but uh, once I read it, it's uh, hard for me to go back and read it again because I kind of know how this ends. And this, uh, it's not just for that, though. I mean, uh, for me, like if I watch a movie and then I watch, uh, someone says, hey, you got to read the book, uh, I'll uh, have a hard time reading that book. They're like, well, I know he's the killer. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not going to bother. So it's just more of a personality thing more than a common personality trait. But um I think I just repeated myself. There, yeah, you got the idea. So, so how do you balance um, uh, book study and video study? Do you do you prefer book study or video study? Um, I like book study for um, initial viewing, or uh, initial viewing, uh, initial uh, like uh, I'll do the passive reading. Or let me back that track entirely here. Messed that up. <laughs> uh, what I meant to say is, uh, if possible, I like to do the passive. Uh, viewing thing that I mentioned there of just uh, if there's a video out there uh, I'll watch like uh, whatever it is uh, it doesn't matter the quality of it just so I get the idea of what's going on and then 
uh, uh, typically buy practically several books on the subject. So, uh, unless I know for a fact that this is like the definitive book. Right, uh, right. Uh, but I'll buy that there. And the reason why is I want different perspectives because uh, like uh, the CCNA books, for example, um, uh, one book uh, covers everything in great detail and the other one was written by the one that wasn't me. Shameless <laughs> 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 plug. Uh, for example, uh, Odom, for example, he does, uh, classically, he does more detail-oriented writing, whereas Todd Lamley, he does more conversational writing. But they have uh, subtle biases in all the protocols, like BTP, for example, uh, is a contested one in the CCNA because some people say, oh, you need to learn this, you'll never use it there, but practically you need to know it because almost everyone uses BTP in the real world. So it's uh, so sometimes you see a bias of um, uh, that if you just read one book there, you can be left with the wrong impression. And sometimes uh, people discover things differently. Right, like right. For, exa uh, for example, um, in the CCNA book, just to talk about that because it just came out, is that um, uh, for the uh, DNA center topics, um, I interpreted that to go into more about how, what DNA center is and uh, the components on it, whereas Odom uh, took more about what is software-defined access, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's the full part. Now, both of us can be right, both of us can be wrong. We won't really know until the actual exam's out, but uh, if you read both uh, books there, you're going to get uh, the uh, coverage of the what I covered, and then uh, also SDA, because I didn't cover SDA at all, because I felt that it was uh, too far beyond what a CCNA should know, because you're covering a lot of scary topics that we haven't really talked about yet. <laughs> you know, and that's what I do too. I, I try to get my hands on uh, multiple books when I'm studying a topic, just because you never know, especially for a certification exam. Um, and with one so new, you never know. That's why having a, a, a subscription to like O'Reilly and you get multiple books at, yeah. at your- O'Reilly is great. Uh, like I, and it's, uh, it's great for someone like me, especially because um, I can find value in a book even if they just talk about it for uh, something I need for a paragraph. Mm. But I don't necessarily want to spend $50 on that book yeah. to uh, yeah. a paragraph. I, like, I uh, remember so. back in the day, um, I didn't want my CCMP security, but I really, really needed to know how to configure ASAs at a pretty high level. Um, so I got it for like a couple chapters. And that, that was so frustrating, I had to buy the book. I didn't know about O'Reilly at the time. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so that's great. So like, um, I'll constantly search O'Reilly and uh, Pretty much any time, I basically just once a week, I'll just uh, sort by a new release for usually Cisco or DevOps or that kind of stuff. And I'll just kind of see what's available and I might flip through uh, what's there just so I can see what's coming. And uh, O'Reilly is also great because it gives you access to uh, drafts. That's so cool. uh, I didn't know that. So uh, you can actually see, um, for example, uh, the uh, books that are coming out in a few months from now. Now, they're not always ready for prime time, and sometimes they have errors, and uh, sometimes the chapters are like, please note there should be a chapter here kind of thing, but uh, you can get at least a basic framework of what the actual content is going to be. Um, yeah, that's 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 an amazing feature. Um, I didn't know they had that. Um, now, now, real quick, guys, just so you all know, uh, we will be answering questions here in a bit. I just kind of been letting us go for a bit, so uh, we'll we'll cover questions here in a bit. Um, so so far, what we covered is uh, 
some of the best ways to kind of soak up information, especially boring information, is passive study, uh, which again is such a killer thing because uh, we can take advantage of the time that we um, otherwise be doing nothing with our brains, like driving or you know riding the subway or bus or whatever. Um, we can take advantage of that time with some passive learning. And I, I know some people, <laughs> you may be passively listening, but you're not getting any of that because your mind's way somewhere else. So that might be, you might have to like pull out a flashcard system or something. Um, which, by the way, Don, do you use flashcards? Do, do you use any methods to um, help memorize information? Honestly, not really. Um, I tried flashcards and. Uh, they don't really do it for me. Now, that doesn't mean they're wrong or anything. It's just for me. It, uh... Ooh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love flashcards. I'm, I'm a flashcard addict. I got my kids set up on uh, Anki. I, man, I love it so much. Yeah, I mean, um, seven against them. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's more, um, at least at the time I tried them, they were more just starting to become a thing, and I kind of dismissed it early. So it's possible that if I... Um, um, if I might try it for some things there because I just uh, been informed I have to do some uh, pretty scary exams uh, the next month or two so <laughs> that should be fun but um, the, um, it's fine uh, I mean however you want to do it like um, where I am now I like I'm kind of in a place there where um, there's not usually a practice test there's not usually um, like traditional training so I have to put more effort into making my own like uh for example, there's no Boston test on, say, Aruba, what I have to uh, uh, get ready for some projects. Mm -hmm. So I have to figure out uh, what's there because, um, uh, like, I just did a bunch of the Aruba certs and I basically just bought their books uh, directly from HP. And uh, I'll tell you one thing Cisco really treats um, the CCNA as well there because Aruba <laughs> does not cover what's on the exam at all. <laughs> But uh, anyway, the point is, um, you got to do it. You can. Uh, you should also try and um, whatever you're learning, try and be, uh, make some form of lab. Like Cisco has resources. You'll find a lot of uh, vendors will have um, at least a trial that you can download for 30 days. Mm. So uh, you definitely want to invest in something like VMware Workstation, if nothing else, there, so you can run um, uh, vendor appliances. Which and, also, uh, I mean, I, I recently saw this from David Bomble, but I think VirtualBox, which is the free version from Oracle, um, they now support uh, nested virtualization with, uh, I think, um, Intel and AMD CPUs. If they had no oh, they just released that, right? Yeah. Because that's a major hurdle for them. Mm -hmm. Oh, I kind of feel like I'm giving my soul away if I use an Oracle product. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, true, true. I, I can see that. I'm a, I'm a VMware guy through and through, but a lot of people, VirtualBox is just their only solution at, the, at that point. I mean, whatever works. Uh, if VirtualBox uh, does the job, uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, if you want to use KVM because you're a Linux guy or whatever, um, the point is you got to get familiar with some kind of way of building a lab reliably, whether that's GNS3 or Viro or Eve or uh, even just doing uh, local like VMs or Docker. But you need to be able to build some kind of work in, uh, lab environment. So I would spend some time just building some kind of awareness so that you know how to add like a virtual network and that kind of things um, to troubleshoot it because um, it's a really handy skill for not just studying but the real world because I constantly build up labs for troubleshooting things in production and uh, it's uh, very uh, common to have to get really deep into okay well why is this not working and I need to know if it's the product or the virtual machine or that kind of thing so 
definitely worth uh, putting that kind of effort in. Uh, so always have a lab. Uh, like I said, you always want to make sure you have a personal preference, but always make sure you have like a small sh uh, short-term goal. Like I try and achieve four things a day uh, of whatever it is, just so uh, I can say I did my four things. I can take a break or, uh, you know, I only did three things, uh, maybe study or uh, do something for another hour, that kind of thing, just to keep you on pace. That's good. Uh, so you're keeping your goals. Um, so you're not like you say, I'm going to study for 16 hours today. I'm going to beast mode it. You just have like four um, things. I mean, and are, are any of those four things maybe like a, a really huge thing or do you keep them kind of bite sized? Well, you can pick what they are. I mean, I like to keep them bite sized. Like, mm -hmm. uh, for example, um, I made an Infoblox lab for my uh, girlfriend uh, for her job. Uh, Infoblox is uh, IPAM and uh, D, uh, DNS and DHP. And IPAM is that. IP address management for you folks. Yeah, uh, but uh, uh, but I also uh, have some IPAM stuff coming up, so I figured, hey, why don't I just uh, refresh my skills in IPAM there? So uh, I said, well, I'm gonna make a make a network and uh, set up the IPAM side, and I was like, that was fun, man. I'm like, well, you know, I'm just gonna get this uh, all the restful API stuff into Postman there so I spent some time uh, getting that in there and then hmm. uh, then I'm like well you know I wonder if I can uh, I have the restful well why don't I just make a Python script that adds uh, some networks there and then the last one ended up being a big thing there but I ended up uh, integrating it with uh, the uh, orchestration for VMware to automatically allocate networks but that one I got a little bit carried away but up until then it was uh, uh, relatively small things there because what I was doing is like iterative where it's like okay I got the server working then I got the uh, uh, framework I need for the automation and uh, then it's just well let's just make a simple script and then just kind of made a few of them there and at the end of the day I'm perfectly happy it's like uh, I got uh, uh, I learned a lot about the platform because I just kind of kept chipping away at it and that kind of stuff you're not going to find in a book necessarily. I mean, I don't think there's an Infobox book out there. But well, I uh, think you may have um, answered my next question I was about to ask you. Um, and and that's a, it's a question I struggle with, um, clearly, from my last video. Uh, it's the upkeep. It's keeping up with this new stuff um, while trying to retain everything you've had to learn. So for me, I mean, I, yeah, I, I've studied for my CCMP for a while, um, but I don't use that knowledge every day. Um, so if I were to go and try to take the routes exam or the switch exam, there are details, the minutia of you know OSPF or EIGRP that I just would not remember, and Cisco would be like, "Gotcha." Um, could I go and configure it? Sure, I could, uh, but I'll, I don't. I, I don't think I could pass the exam. So how do how do you deal with retaining old information, stuff that you don't use every day, and then also keeping up with the Joneses, all the new stuff? I mean, especially for you, because I know your job is always new stuff. Um, people want you to do migrations and, and implementations. How do you how do you manage that with the time? And how do you how do you plan this out? Because that's one thing I just ah, I'm struggling with. Yeah. Uh, so for one, uh, just to talk a little bit about soft skills is um, project management, like understanding even the basic theory, like you don't need to go uh, get project plus or anything, but just understanding the basic framework of making a project plan and uh, 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 keeping yourself accountable and that kind of thing. So uh, what you could do is you could look at the exam topics, for example, what you need, and then uh, just basically make a, for one, frequently access yourself on the uh, exam topics. Like uh, you should always know what's on the exam and where you are and how comfortable you are on it. You don't want to just look at it once there and then uh, 
they, for exam, you find out, oh, uh, what do you mean OSPF's on the exam? <laughs> like, uh, you don't want to get blindsided. But two, um, if you're more of a task guy, you can split that up into tasks and say, uh, and make like a very basic uh, project plan. And uh, you don't necessarily need to buy projects or anything, but uh, some kind of simple like task software to say like, uh, hey, I should be working my way through this domain. And then just to help yourself keep uh, track of where you are in the studies, and then for keeping on, uh, and then for keeping on track of where you are, uh, what I recommend is uh, just uh, helping out with the community, like uh, mm. join either uh, my Cisco Discord or your Discord, uh, help out on Reddit on CCNA or whatever topic you fancy. Uh, uh, make your blog post because uh, what I find is juniors will keep you honest uh, more than you might want to care to admit because uh, they'll uh, go, uh, they'll ask some off the wall questions in a way that you're not expecting. They'll go like, well, why can't OSBF uh, peer with uh, Rip Road? And, like, and you go, well, that's a stupid question. And then you go, <laughs> you're like, well, how, how, why can't I, uh, I don't want to call the guy an idiot. I got to put this out in a nice, friendly manner. So it's, um, uh, so, um, it's, uh, helping out the community, like even a little bit, uh, I mean, you don't have to like, answer every question there, but you know, every now and then just pop in and say, uh, you know, if someone says, Hey, how do I subnet? And you, uh, you don't have to be right. You just have to be, uh, earnest in your attempt. Like you can just say, Oh yeah, well, slash 24 is, uh, uh, 250 hosts there. And someone will correct you say, actually it's this. And you know, uh, if you're wrong, you can, uh, correct it and uh, you know, take note of it there or um, you know if you're right you get a little valid uh, validation boost it's like yeah yeah I, I still know what I'm talking about and that kind of thing <laughs> no that's that's fantastic advice because I mean it's it's a double-edged sword kind of thing here it's um it's a twofer you're both giving back to the community and you're also kind of reinforcing what you know uh, bringing it out of the cobwebs for a bit that's fantastic I think everyone should be um should offer, like once you've gotten your CCNA, maybe spend some time in CCMP. Offer your services as a mentor to people, help them come up, and that'll I mean, they'll keep that stuff current in your brain. It's great advice. Um, so you're saying, um, obviously, your Discord, my Discord, um, producing a blog or a, a YouTube video or something, or even just like, I think what's cool. I haven't used this feature too much, but like on Facebook groups, they have it to where you can. Um, volunteer as a mentor for that group so if you like join my ccna study group you can say hey i want to be a mentor and people can if they're just starting out they can select you from a list of mentors to help them out uh so that's something we could try so that that's a great great advice um so more practically do you do anything to like keep up your skills day to day like do you um like one day decide hey i'm gonna lab up eigrp just because i forgot it uh, do you ever do that? Or, um, you know, you, you, yes you probably no. don't forget um, anything, do you? You're probably one of those guys, aren't you? I'm uh, like Mike from Suits, right? Oh, uh, say that true? Lawyer, if he never forgets anything. Yeah, yes, you're a jerk. <laughs> so I, I'm not you. I mean, I, I have to like relearn subnetting like every three months because I'll forget it. Because I, I mean, I don't, I don't use slash twenty four. Well, I'm very unique there because I get pulled into a lot of uh, conversations there where it's um, like uh, people ask me like, oh, well, what's RIPs AD like legitimately kind of thing, right? Like it's uh, so it's uh, and it's uh, especially embarrassing if I get it wrong. So I have to keep a little bit uh, ahead of the curve. That's true because you, uh, you walk into a company and like you are the expert, like they're they're paying you money to be the expert. And like that's 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 a lot of pressure. <laughs> 
And some people don't like me there and uh, like to, uh, for a little bit of um, competition, I guess you can call oh, it. Oh, yeah, let's, let's play a trip the consultant. Yeah, I've been there. I'm a, a consultant would come in and I'd be like, well, this guy better know his stuff. I'm going to ask him a few questions, try to trip him up. Have you, have you ever had that yeah. situation where like you've, you've been like pressured to do that? And like, and how, how did it go for you? Well, I've, um, I've had it happen a fair amount of times. Uh, I'm hard to trip up. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you have to, uh, come at a angle I'm not quite expecting there because usually I'm, uh, pretty prepared for like a presentation or whatnot. But, um, Aside from that, what you need to do is, um, and just a random side thought there, but uh, I frequently say, like, uh, on Reddit or whatnot there, where a junior says, why is this on the CC name? This is stupid. It's like, well, you're not really in the field. Like, I have these conversations. Like, uh, it's uh, all kinds of random stuff hits you in the real world, so you have to uh, know a bunch of random details. But, um, yeah, people do uh, quiz you in all manners, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not, and Sometimes you just find yourself in a deeply technical situation, and uh, it's uh, you have to dig deep into the fury to understand what's happening, right? <laughs> Someone said, um, but uh, sometimes, yeah. I mean, I'll mess with uh, back to the original question. Oh, yeah. I'll uh, I'll set up um, like EIGRP, um, not necessarily for um, just because for fun there, but I'll like do it more in the sense like, okay, well, I need to refocus and. Uh, do some CCIA study and force myself to go through um, uh, EIGRB, for example, because uh, I have um, because I deal with such uh, like a lot of the SDN and uh, fancy stuff like SDWAM right. and all that stuff. There, uh, I have a hard time pulling myself back to the uh, fundamentals for study because uh, when you're dealing with like say ACI or DNA center that kind of stuff, there it's kind of hard to say. Okay, well now I'm going to go back to INE and do the RIP labs like. Uh, so, uh, uh -huh. but yeah, you have to fight to avoid uh, falling in what I call the senior trap, where you go, oh yeah, I know Rip, it's fine, and then you go, how many hop counts is that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's and also I get caught in the trap too, where um, I know I have learned it in the past, and if I ever encounter it again, I know it's a quick Google search, which you know is fine when you're just head down at a terminal working at it. But if you're again talking to somebody, trying to explain something, or you're, you're giving a presentation. That's not a good place yeah. to be to forget that. Google is not always friends. Like it's uh, sometimes you can't Google because uh, you're being asked point blank, or sometimes uh, you can't Google because the internet's down yes. and <laughs> you're going to pull your phone and start Googling. And uh, sometimes Google is uh, just not the uh, here's your answer that you think it is. Sometimes it's like, oh, well, here's 50 pages of search results. And uh, uh, the most frustrating thing in the world is when you find the guy asking the exact same question he's there and this abandoned Fred. Yeah, I know. Like, I uh, know. It's like, I know how you feel because I can't find it either. <laughs> and then there's usually some guy there's like, hey, uh, just to hijack this Fred, but is this guy blue? It's like, no, get the topic back on. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I mean, um, the short answer is always be labbing. Yeah, always phrase, be like, labbing. Uh, like, um, you should be able to figure out something. I mean, it doesn't always have to be EIGRP or whatever, but uh, for example, um, like uh, I'm making some SD-WAN videos for uh, my YouTube right now, 
and like EIGRP is also in SD-WAN. So then uh, that's my opportunity to say, well, now I need to study EIGRP again because I have to see, uh, note the platform differences if there is any, that kind of thing. So uh, you'll find that as you work in multi-vendor environments or as you get deeper into study there, uh, you'll find different ways of uh, approaching the same topics over and over. Like Cisco isn't going to ask you, or other vendor isn't going to ask you like a CCNA topic in the CCMP, but they will ask you adjacent topics to make sure you know it. Like, uh, so it, uh, oh no, it all kind of works together as long as you're keeping at it and uh, be eager to learn. And, and the big thing it comes back to you have to be interested in what you're learning, right? Because if you're learning, uh, if you're learning, say SAP, because everyone hates SAP, uh, but it's decent money. Uh, uh, that's fine, uh, but uh, you're probably not going to want to spend your weekend uh, messing around with SAP uh, unless you have to for work. But uh, if you're really interested in EIG or routing, then you should be, oh, wow, uh, did you know that EIGRP has a VPN feature called Over the Top? Let's uh, play with that. Like, uh, Didn't even know that. <laughs> uh, it uses a uh, Lisp uh, to uh, oh, basically hear over the uh, WAN so you can... Uh, uh, how maintain your adjacency without a VPN. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that that was a thing. Interesting. Yeah, that's. Uh, I wrote a blog post about it a couple years ago. Of course you did. I mean, because you touch everything. Um, so I, I want to touch on this real quick. Cause like, and I realize as I'm asking you these questions, I realize it's like um, a regular person asking Superman, how do you fly? And it's like, well, I'll just do it. And I'm like, well, I can't fly. I don't have wings. I can't, I don't have powers. You are kind of like, you just remember things. You get to lab it all the time. So it's kind of difficult to like grasp my mind around that. Um, I mean, to be clear, I mean, there's uh, case, I mean, I need refreshers from time to time. I'm not like, uh, like an identical I mean, memory. Uh, just, yeah, it's not quite like that. I mean, I drink far too much for that, but, um, well, so like, um, I wanted to ask, sorry to interrupt, but like, um, how, what, what is your day-to-day -day like? Are, are, do you have free time? I mean, because being in IT and being at the cutting edge, um, it does take time out of your schedule. It's hard to be cutting edge. Um, do you have a, I, not to sound like rude or anything, but do you have a life outside of IT right now as a consultant trying to stay ahead? Uh, yeah, I mean, I... Uh, I mentioned I have a girlfriend and uh, you know social life and stuff like my I mentioned my alcoholism. <laughs> well, sometimes that's, <laughs> but, a, that's just a, ne a necessity when you're in IT, I think. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it's um, you gotta. I mean, uh, the thing is, you want to make sure you don't burn yourself out there. Like, uh, and that's why when people tell me, like, "Oh, I'm gonna read the CCNA for 16 hours a day," it's like you're not. No. No. You might do that for a day or two, uh, but after that there, you're going to throw the book away and you're going to play uh, God of War or whatever game came out at uh, uh, the moment. Like, you're not going to... Uh, you're uh, not going to keep up the steam there, and nor should you, because, uh, like, uh, I have read books, like, uh, like, in a weekend there, but unless, like, you're pretty disciplined, and, like, for me, um, I've seen so many different... Uh, there's not too many new concepts, right? So, I mean, like, uh, if I understand how wireless works on Cisco, it's not a uh, complete game changer on Aruba. Like, it's still wireless. So, uh, I have enough... Um, as you build, you build more um, knowledge pools, I guess you can call it, mm -hmm. where you can understand, uh, okay, well, I just need to learn their differences and their terminology and that kind of thing, and I can... I don't really need to 
read this thousand page book, I just need to maybe understand 400 pages of this thousand page book because uh, the rest was just uh, reiterating like wireless theory, which a lot I of overlap. Yeah, a lot of overlap in IT, right? Like, uh, like if you do um, like Microsoft, for example, like uh, the current CCNA has BGP, for example, and uh, Microsoft has BGP, so like uh, you have those skill sets. And when you do AWS in the networking exam, that has BGP. And uh, so once you learn the skill, it's not like BGP is a new protocol every single time. It's just uh, you just need to understand. Okay, well, you know, uh, Azure only supports uh, these. Uh, communities instead of all these communities and that kind of thing right so do you i mean i know you're like a you're an azure expert uh, officially certifiably right um yeah uh plaque not a plaque it's a pdf but i can make it a plaque <laughs> i can make a plaque out of anything um i used to make plaques back in the day in the family business well look at that so you hear that, guys? If you want a plaque, just uh, go subscribe to his channel and comment on his video. He'll make you a plaque. Um, yeah. He promised. Uh, do you, as a consultant, um, you kind of have to be, uh, your knowledge has to be very wide. Do you find it frustrating that you can't go super, super, super deep into something? like? Um, because like, currently, you don't, you don't have your CCIE right now, do you? I do not. So do you, do you find it frustrating that like, you can't focus so, so deep on something because you have to be so wide on so many topics? It's not so much that I have to be so, oh, it's a, you only have so many hours in the day, right? Um, and I think that's where you're getting at, is um, uh, you do have to decide what's important to you. Like, um, I will be making a CCIE run after um, the exam change. Uh, Go for that CCIE enterprise, huh? Yeah, figure it might as well, right? Uh, but uh, I will be making a, a run there. I didn't have time to make an attempt for version five just because uh, well, it's hard to uh, sit down and sit for six months there when it's like, hey, Donald, you also need to deploy this IWAN network. It's like, oh, IWAN's fun. And then uh, when you deploy an IWAN network, which was the predecessor for uh, SD-WAN, people don't know, um, you, uh, it's like, uh, it's hard to sit back and like, okay, well, now I better learn RIP because they're going to ask me a RIP question and uh, in a particularly evil way, usually. But um so uh, you have to focus on what's important to you. Like I had, um, and sometimes work tells you what's important. Like um, I did my Google Cloud stuff because just, well, I'm thrown in the massive Google Cloud project, and it's like, okay, well, you have, here's your ten weeks of training, go, and uh, uh, best of luck to you. So it's like, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, so it's um, Sometimes uh, work tells you what's important. Like uh, if your company uses, say, Aruba for wireless, and um, you know uh, you might prefer to be a CCP enterprise, that may make more sense for marketability. But at the same time, work is going to say, "Well, that's great, but you're using Aruba here, so we want you to have their cert." And uh, I have Aruba on the mind. Uh, met a lot of Aruba today. But, well, um, I, that's funny you say that because I, I remember. Um when I was coming up and I was, you know, like studying for my CCMP, I was an avid, like tell my company, do not buy any other brand, but Cisco. I'm studying for Cisco. If you buy Arista, if you buy Juniper, I'm leaving because I'm, I'm going Cisco. I'm Cisco all the way. And it's, it's frustrating because you know, you want to learn those marketable skills, but then your company might be going a different direction. And, uh, odds are though. Sometimes it's not. Yeah. Sometimes it's a fair direction. Sometimes it's not, but, uh, anyway, uh, so, I forgot what the initial topic was here, but uh, <laughs> uh, 
But uh, what I thought we were talking about, yeah, I'm lost in time. That's cool. That well, one. you know what? It's a great time for questions. Um, so we got a super chat from Bill earlier, and he said, uh, "Is Knock the new so Knock Network uh, Operations Center is that is it the new digital assembly line?" Which I, I assume he's probably talking about. Is it just like a nothingness job? You go in there and do nothing. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on a Knock. I don't know if your your company has a Knock. I'm, I'm assuming they probably do. Um, so if I'm understanding the question is you saying it's more of a, like meaningless work and you're just kind of, kind of a button chair situation, security guard kind of thing. Uh, no, I mean, um, like, uh, I'm a big component for automation, SDN and whatnot. I'm kind of fight to be on the forefront for a lot of the stuff there. Like I do a lot of crazy stuff there, but. Honestly, it's like 1% of companies that are even beginning to think about this kind of stuff. Like, uh, like uh, companies are just starting to uh, like kick the tire with Python and uh, maybe they're making some ansible playbooks or whatnot. Oh, maybe, yeah. Uh, Hardly anyone. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're exactly right. I, I remember uh, seeing a tweet from uh, Dimitri uh, last week and he was saying that he's looking for uh, job titles in his country. Uh, and there's like no job descriptions out there for anything like network automation engineer. Like that's not even a thing yet. Um, it's definitely like what the industry is trying to push, but the companies, it's not there yet. Yeah. So just because um, I could write you um, a fancy Ansible script uh, that or a playbook rather not script uh, that would um, configure a router, that doesn't mean that uh, Verizon or whatever ISP is near you is. Uh, going to let you run that script there they're going to be no excuse me you're going to ssh to that router and if you even think about running ansible then uh the uh, security people are going to beat with the stake <laughs> yeah yeah because i mean let's be honest if you're most of the time people who are trying to run scripts or write python scripts you're not a developer you're not like, obeying software development best practices you're kind of dangerous <laughs> you're not using a token or anything you're putting the password in it yeah and... yeah so like it's and that's part of um, what I'm excited about as I'm going through the DevNet Associate is um, I'm learning the best practices along with, you know, the Python skills. Like, I, I can code a few things, but I'm definitely not best practice. I'll be the first to admit it's dirty. Like, I, would, I don't want anyone to see it. It works, but don't, don't copy me. Um, so I think it's, it's... I mean, 10 years ago, I, uh, when I was an ISP guy, first uh, of that old. Um, yes. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Like 10, uh, 10 or so years ago when I was a ISP, like architect and whatnot, like I was writing uh, expect scripts and Perl to uh, configure gene per routers. And uh, everyone was like, you're crazy, you're a madman. And like uh, <laughs> that sentiment hasn't really changed. Like the other day I uh, saw something with Ansible for a client there and like, you're crazy, you're a madman. Like, uh, so I mean, you're always gonna have traps in some kind of form, like traps is what the network operations people look at. They get an alert and they investigate it. Mm -hmm. And same with security and all the other things. They, it comes with a little blinky light you have to look into. <laughs> but uh, there's always going to be some level of configuration. Like, uh, just because you can automate everything, um, it's uh, not, that doesn't mean that you're going to have your business do that there because, well, 80% of outages are caused by um, like uh, misconfigurations, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's also equally scary to say that all your network devices uh, uh, blow up there because you uh, messed up your OSBF uh, playbook. Yeah, which is even scarier. I I much rather have a like, fat finger on one SSH connection than mess up the entire com company with one script. 
Yeah, like I have a company who they were uh, threatening to have my friend arrested because uh, he was on the server ops team, and uh, he um, basically was trying to update uh, their DNS servers or whatever, and uh, they had like 10,000 of them or whatever. Anyway, uh, the script went bad, and it basically destroyed all the DNS servers. And uh, they were thinking it was uh, corporate sabotage. They were going and threatening like uh, police or whatnot and lawsuits. And my friend uh, is uh, fortunately a smart guy and he said, hey, change control proved it. The engineers didn't see anything wrong with the uh, uh, change. So as a side lesson, guys, do not bypass change control ever. Like uh, CYA, man, <laughs> you got a CYA. Yeah, but uh, anyway, that's just a, scary, a particularly scary example of um, of uh, automation. And like you, like any uh, any outage that Amazon or Azure ever had is usually like, oh, we messed up our playbook or that kind of thing. Um, uh, so um, no, uh, Knox are still one of the best ways to work for. Uh, Knox are one of the best junior uh, friendly positions for networking because it. Uh, for one, they expect to hire juniors because they only really want you for six months or so so they can save money. Right, and also uh, mainly two. you're just kind of, you're getting calls and saying, hey, go power the server off or hey, can you move that yeah. cable over here? Yes. Yeah, and it's drink from the fire hose. So uh, you work from a bunch of random uh, equipment that um, you otherwise would never think of there. Like I, when I was in ISPs there, I did everything from um, like uh, having to uh, troubleshoot the video encoders to, I mentioned last time we had to do some porn monitoring. <laughs> like uh, ISPs can put you in things there that you never considered. And you know what, you might find that, you know, porn monitoring is my thing. And uh, <laughs> I think it's a lot of people's thing. <laughs> well, maybe not that part, but, uh, but uh, you might decide that I really love working on CMTS routers, the broadband routers. Uh, like I just love RF and maybe that's your career path uh, going forward. But uh, so anyway, ISPs are a great initial career. Uh, probably not your full career. Uh, there is a diminishing return, but um, right, right. I mean, I, I think I think working for a, such. I think we're, I I always wanted to work as a knock engineer uh, when I first started out because the the way I thought about it, first of all, I'll be around servers and all these devices all the time, which means I might get to play with them a bit, and second you have a lot of downtime, especially if you work the night shift to study like th those kind of jobs. I think are just like golden for people who just are trying to accelerate. You might start out pretty stinking low on the salary or hourly, but it's, it's totally worth it. Um, just getting that experience. Oh, yeah. I did uh, graveyard shifts like on rotation uh, when I did the analyst stuff and it was, um, you know, uh, 12 hour days of, uh, you know, at 3 a.m. What else are you going to do? And then they gave us a week off to transition back to days uh, so you don't die. And uh, <laughs> and uh, so, uh, like, yeah, uh, there's something, I mean, it affects you after a while. I mean, I wouldn't recommend permanently going graveyards. But, uh, you know, at 3 a.m. when you're just, like, waking up for breakfast and, like, everyone else is uh, sleeping, it's a great time to... Uh, read whatever book <laughs> yeah yeah i i always tried to find jobs that um didn't require my brain uh so i could study and then find a job that did require my brain um now i got the next question from miss heather smiles thank you for the super chat and she says what are your thoughts on training boot camps for a certification so a training boot camp is meant to be the nightcap of your study it's not supposed to be the beginning, middle, and end, like it's, uh, 
the reason why is um, like even if you look at the CCNA, like uh, right now it's uh, two books at about uh, two thousand pages for Lamley, and I'm pretty sure Odom's about the same thing. That's a lot of information. A lot of information, yeah. And um, so what you need to do is you need to understand. Uh, so first of all, like uh, if I guess there's two different categories. If works and you want to boot camp, then you're going on to boot camp, and that's it, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't always have a choice in the matter, or if you have a choice in the matter, it's usually like, okay, which boot camp are you going to? Not, uh, uh, or it's, uh, hey, they're paying for it. Why wouldn't I do it, right? But uh, if you're like out of pocket, uh, going to pay like usually about two grand or so for a boot camp is usually you pay for three to five day. Um, I wouldn't recommend that for um, a junior because uh, you're unlikely to have it as a jump start and uh, if you do it first you're going to be caught up and you're going to have a lot of theory that you're not really understanding and if you do it uh, in the middle it's uh, kind of just kind of a recap in the middle so if you do it at the end like hopefully it's on baseboard or you find a cheap deal or something yeah then uh, no problem with it but uh, it's meant to just help you solidify your knowledge and do a study now, if you're doing a senior thing like a IME um, boot camp, uh, uh, it's great because uh, you know you can actually sit with like Brian McGann and uh, or whoever's doing the training, or you can sit. Uh, or uh, the other value is the peers. So, like for example, if I go to that boot camp and you happen to be sitting next to me there, then you get some extra contacts and that's true. The networking you know, piece. Contacts. That's good. So, so don't forget the networking and networking. Yeah, so of course. Uh, so that's always a great thing to do um, uh, if you can. Uh, and for something like this, as vast as the CCIE, like it's good to, if you do that at the start of your journey, then at least you're getting a decent framework because you know you're going to be studying for six months of the CCIE. Yeah. Um, like for, for me, so, I totally get going to a boot camp for like CCIE. Um, I've done one boot camp and it was online. Um, I just, it's not for me. I can't stand boot camps because I'm more of a self-study guy. I like labbing things up. Um, but I could totally see like the in-person situation of being able to networking with people around you, having an expert right there and being able to a- uh, ask the questions. And especially for like an, a more advanced thing, it may be that you don't have access to like that higher end equipment all the time. So like it may be you're going to a firepower boot camp and you can't get access to firepower. Um, that, that totally makes sense. Um, for me, I think, if you're going for CCNA where there's so much amazing training material out there and there's so much self-study stuff out there and there's so many ways to lab it out, I think a boot camp maybe just might end up hurting you more than helping you. But it's also your learning preference. Things like did they really update for the exam and that kind of stuff. And So senior, yes. Work pay for, yes. Uh, otherwise, no. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Uh, let me see. I, I had another question here. Oh, yeah. Um Daniel Tracks, thank you for the super chat. Uh, he says, "Did you end up looking at the CCNA Cyber Ops certification?" Um, what's, what's your opinion have, on that, Don? I have it. Oh, actually. you have it. Well, perfect. I hilariously won the uh, scholarship uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago because what happened was uh, I'm a moderator on CCNA uh, for um, Reddit, and uh, someone asked me, um, "Hey." Uh, I can't uh, apply for this uh, form. And I was like, I tried and I did it there. And I'm sure they probably realized who I was and said, yeah, just give it to them. Or maybe it's just uh, 
the universe being hilarious, but in a way, I won it. And uh, so uh, I did the material, and my girlfriend did it with me too, and um, we uh, got it done. Wait, she got it too? Yeah. Is she She's uh, in cybersecurity. Oh, okay. About to say, is she technical? Because I, I can't get my wife to do. Like I, I'm like, please, honey, let's 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 do the A plus together. Let's let's. I'll teach you whatever. Please just do one thing. She's like, nope, I don't care. I'm not doing it. If you can find a significant other who uh, other who uh, at least can listen to your technical stuff, uh, it's a good thing. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. So so, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's a worthy cert? I mean, because it's definitely sticking around um, for some reason. I, I think DOD reasons probably. Do you think it's worthy of our time? The, Don't hold back. So, yes. <laughs> um, yes, but it depends on who you are. Uh, so if you want to get into like a SOC, like a security operations center kind of role or cybersecurity, yeah, it's a great cert. And uh, my girlfriend tells me that they're looking for people who have that kind of cert now. Like uh, they realize it's a thing. Okay, wow. Uh, That's interesting. Uh, at least in our particular corner of the industry. Um now, uh, I don't have the greatest opinion of Com uh, CompTIA there and uh, like uh, Sec Plus and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So uh, I view it as a worthy replacement. Um, so you're saying CyberOps okay. instead of Security Plus? Yes. Interesting. Now, if you're working for the U.S. government, uh, I'm told that uh, they have parity now for the security um, requirements. So if you get the... Um, Cyber ops, it's there, but uh, frankly, the reason why Sec, uh, Sec Plus is so popular in uh, the U.S. government is it's an easy way to uh, get past your DoD requirements. So uh, Cyber ops is still two exams, and I believe Sec Plus is still one. So uh, if you just wanna, if you work there and you need it for your job, just do Sec Plus. It's fine. But if you're looking for more of a, a relevant uh, update, then I find the cyber ops is a pretty good um, blue team kind of search. It goes into like investigations, and it's actually uh, not vendor uh, specific at all. There, like, uh, it uh, doesn't really go into Cisco technologies as much uh, as much as it does uh, the methodologies for cybersecurity and that kind of thing. So, I don't know. I find it fine. So you're saying it's definitely more for like a um, a security operations kind of job if you're going to be in a SOC. Yeah, if you're a network guy, I work out. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Um, I mean, if you want the knowledge, fine. And I mean, it is trash CompTIA there, but the book for CompTIA is still fine. Like you can read the Set Plus book, and you'll get basic knowledge. I mean, that's a good thing about it. And if you read the Cyber books, you'll get good knowledge of it. It's just um, not necessarily relevant to. Um, it's not Cyber Ops or Set Plus is typically not going to get you a job. It's uh, more just uh, augment who you are. Now, saying that, uh, SOC, in my experience, typically, because ultimately what you're doing is just uh, looking at logs and following mm -hmm. up, uh, they don't uh, tend to hire super technical junior SOC people there. They'll basically take anyone who's interested uh, for the most part because, within reason, of course. I mean, uh, you have to know what a computer is. <laughs> right, right. But, but uh, like, if you're like a regular CCNA, you should pretty much have no. Uh, challenge getting into uh, a soft job, or at least an interview for one, and then they might say, hey, look, you need to do this particular security requirement, but uh, generally they just want someone who understands basic security concepts and can 
do uh, basic logic troubleshooting. Now, would you say, because um, now the CCNA security, we bid farewell to that. Um, would you recommend CCNA CyberOps or someone just jump straight into CCMP security? Honestly, I don't know yet. Um, I need to, I have my theories on what the new CCMP is going to look like, and I have a theory that's more going to be a punch to the face more than a hey, welcome. Uh, but um, so I don't have a 100% read on um, if it's uh, advisable to say, uh, hey, you're going into um, security, just go into the specialist exam and go from there. Um, because Cisco never really wanted the security track or any other track aside from RNS to be a, a junior focus. They wanted them to be people who worked on the particular track or had uh, knowledge around it. Like the unspoken rule for the other Cisco tracks was they wanted to be around CCMP knowledge because like security, for example, isn't going to bother teaching you OSBF, but it seems you know what OSBF is because right. it's talking about OSBF security, that kind of stuff. So it's not like, oh, you're not a CCMP, get away from me. It's just more um, more implied knowledge and less hand-holding. Also, the CCNA security book was kind of a disaster, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that didn't help the situation. But um, um, so, ask me in a month uh, if we talk uh, uh, soon after the exams there, and I'll start seeing like how people are complaining to me on uh, the Discords <laughs> and my Reddit. But, uh, I'll probably uh, take a crack at a couple of exams just for curiosity's sake. But um, I have a feeling that. Uh, the uh, core exams are going to be significantly harder because they are the CCI written replacement. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, I suspect that it's probably going to meet in the middle, like probably harder than the traditional CCMP exam, but probably easier than the written. And then um, I would suspect the specialists would be probably around the same as a regular CCP exam, which is not easy, uh, necessarily speaking. Like, uh, But... Uh, Easy and hard is relative. It's really how well you prepare them for the material and how easy it is for you to get lab equipment. Like uh, collab is hard, not necessarily because uh, collab is hard. It's uh, it's because hey, you need a bunch of phones uh, yeah. and some servers. Wireless is uh, not hard because of the math. It's because hey, uh, you need a bunch of access points. I got like twenty access points uh, just out of you on this camera here <laughs> for uh, some labbing stuff. Like uh, so. Uh, We'll have to see what the requirements are and how hard it hits. I mean, it's entirely possible it can go either way. It could be uh, the exams could be a joke and like everyone's a CCP next month, or it could be uh, this is impossible and uh, oh my god, someone finally passed this thing. Yeah, it's it's gonna have to be um, pretty difficult because I, I the, the old CCP security uh, four exams. I mean, that's a beating. That's a lot. And for some, I don't know I did actually no, I didn't. I uh, upgraded my CCSP, oh, but uh, I did liar. some. Of can't trust you now. Um, no, it's 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 crazy. So like now we're going to just a two exam approach. Um, so yeah, I'm assuming the the what is it the score um, should be very difficult and the concentration. I, I I have no idea. Do you think we're devaluing the CCMP now with um, having to where you only have to have one concentration? Because I mean I feel like to have CCMP security, you should, I feel like everybody should have the same knowledge. If you say I'm CCMP security. Now it's just going to be this varying wide berth of different knowledges of out there. It's kind of frustrating. Ooh, my postman just popped up there. That was weird. <laughs> um, speaking of security, random pop-ups. Um, You're getting hacked. 
But um, uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, if you look at other vendors, and I've done quite a few certs uh, uh, over the years. Like I've done Juniper, I've done Aruba, I've done Arista, I've done all the stuff. Um, and uh, the uh, it's kind of hard because Cisco is actually the widest um, knowledge or product level knowledge for like a certification level. Mm-hmm. Like uh, if you look at say um, the uh, Aruba certification for wireless, well, it's relatively small. Well, I'll take Palo Alto. I've been picking on Aruba for a while. You take a, you pick on Palo Alto. Um, you know they make you learn pretty much everything you can do in the Palo Alto if you want to do their exam. But uh, at the end of the day, they just make firewalls. I mean, they have some routing capability, and whatnot, and they have some endpoint stuff too. But let's not confuse the point. But um, uh, if you look at, say, this uh, current CCP exam, well, you have email security, you have web security, you have ICE, you have uh, ASAs, you got VPNs. Like, that's a much broader scope while spread across things. So, uh, I think in some ways it could be easier. Um, I think it's just going to be all about what specialization you have. And I think it's going to take out a little bit for the industry to um, get used to the shorthand if this survives. I think it may have been too much of a big change for the industry because it's going to take a lot to adapt to this. I appreciate where they're going Microsoft with it. Did the same thing. Um, I mean, Microsoft has did the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Took an axe to their uh, MCSE uh, exams there. Now it's all Azure and that kind of stuff. Very so, uh, based yeah. So uh, I think they're... Cisco's trying to mirror what Cisco's doing. Or Cisco's trying to mirror what Cisco's doing. Cisco's trying to mirror what uh, Microsoft's doing. And... Um, at the end, look, listen. At the end of the day, a certification is—it's um, meant to uh, enhance your experience. It's not meant to replace your experience. Or mm, anything very like, good. Or like, uh, yeah. The idea is that you're supposed to be. Um, it's not that uh, I am a CCMP security. I am the uh, walking god in the room kind of thing. It's uh, it's more like okay, this guy knows Cisco security well, and I can. Uh, Chuck can talk to me about uh, firepower ice, and I probably won't have a confused look on my face. Uh, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, that's what's uh, and uh, ultimately that's what a certification is supposed to say. It's a shorthand for your experience at the end of the day. That's good. I like that. So, so um, is it a hundred percent great thing that like a CCMP security like uh, I am now and a new CCP security or going to be looking the same on paper? I don't know. I mean, for that to matter, I mean, you have to look at the resume, right? And my resume probably looks a lot different than, say, uh, a guy there who uh, took a six-month boot camp at INU or whatever and got a CCP security. So I think at the end of the day, um, it's not going to be too big of a deal. Should Cisco have changed the names? Uh, maybe, but we saw like Microsoft tried to change the names, like when they did the uh, remember the MCITP. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I can never uh, and then the there were is it MCIPT MC? Yeah, I can never remember. Like but uh, then the recruiters like, so do you have an MCSE? And then uh, Microsoft slapped their forehead and said, okay, fine, MCSE. <laughs> like, uh, so uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. I mean, um, this could also this is probably an experiment. Um, That's definitely what it is. And. Uh, Iowa, if I read, if I'm reading the industry, I'm thinking that the days of a three-year without an update are gone. I think we're going to start moving into rapid updates there, where they're going to tie things more to product versions. 
mm-hmm. uh, like say mm-hmm. what Checkpoint does for those certifications or the year. And uh, as like uh, like um, Firepower 6.6 comes out, which is the current version on beta that I'm playing with, uh, as that comes out there, they're going to say, uh, just like actually Red Hat, like so uh, Red Hat does like Red, um, Red Hat uh, or RHCE 7, 8, and 9 when it comes yeah. out. So I think uh, it'll probably be something like uh, CCMP 2020 or CCMP Firepower 7 or whatever. Yeah, so. they've got to do something like that. And if they did that, that would that would be helpful. Um, and people could more readily Just so react. a shorthand, like, I understand what this person is. And, hey, that's great that you understand Firepower. But, uh, you know, when you first heard about it, it was this. And now it's this. Like, yeah, what? and especially for the next three years or so when people still are CCMP certified, but they're on the old exams. And, like, there's no way to differentiate right now. No one's going to really know. Um, now, just to kind of change gears real quick, I saw a question earlier. Um, they asked, what do you think would be the minimum requirements for a junior network engineer job at an MSP, such as what you're working at right now? Um, well, actually, I work for a bar to be technically accurate, but we do have an MSP component. But, um, um, I know, I know. I'm just being... <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have no idea. Click. <laughs> but uh, no... Um, Honestly, people think uh, people want more from juniors than we actually want. Uh, most of the time when we're hiring juniors, uh, like most everyone, uh, we just want someone who's earnest, eager to learn, honest, like uh, not trying to pull one over. You know, if you shower, that's great too. <laughs> uh, Soft skills. Like, uh, you know, don't be a weirdo. Um, don't, uh, uh, uh you know, just presentable. Don't be like an embarrassment that we have to throw in a dark room. Like, uh, and you know, to show you, hey, I'm trying to learn CCNA. Uh, I, uh, OSPF sure is neat. Like, um, <laughs> like, uh, and not like, uh, and not like the attitude of like, yeah, I want CCNP so you can give me more money. Like, uh, um, so um, generally, as long as you have a can-do attitude um, and uh, you know you're earnest and you're honest. Like, uh, um, if you're doing an interview. And you don't know what's wrong. I uh, don't know. Don't try and talk way out. I just say, look, I don't know what. Uh, I don't know, but I think it might be this or something. Like preface it. Like don't uh, don't uh, study OSPF the night before there. And uh, you're talking. Uh, you're talking about. Oh, I know the OSPF database so well there. And then I ask you, so what command do you do to check the neighbor? And uh, you have no idea. It's like okay, well you just study the night before and you learn that part but you don't actually work for the stuff right 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 you just kind of just um so anyway the point is as long as you're earnest um you're uh you're fine the problem from the hiring perspective is that um frankly speaking the junior resume is essentially a blank piece of paper as far as we're concerned and what i mean by that is like uh okay you worked at mcdonald's or whatever uh in high school that's great i don't really care I mean, uh, maybe you have some work experience, that kind of thing. Maybe you worked at a, uh, wherever you worked uh, growing up, but it's not technical. So I can, I'm basically just parsing a couple of skills. Like, okay, well, you can talk to people on the phone and probably not cause an international incident. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, and then it's like, okay, well, you have a blank piece of paper. And it's like, okay, well, do they have a CCNA? Okay, well, put them in this pile. And if they don't, then throw them in the other pile. And... If you don't, that doesn't mean that we're throwing your resume in the trash necessarily, but you have to remember the scale of the job posting. Like, um, 
usually when there's a job posting, there's at least 100 people, maybe 1,000 people applying to this thing. And, uh, you know, if, uh, and I'm not like reading every one of those 1,000 resumes to find a decent junior. I'm just saying, okay, well, I'm just going to grab a couple from the CSNA pile because hey, I'm just going to interview three or four people and I'm going to go to lunch. Like, I'm not going to, uh, scour the earth like, um, like, um, some kind of America's Got Talent or something <laughs> trying to find one, right? Like, you know? Right. Like, uh, so, uh, the frustrating part from the junior is, and uh, I make the joke, it's a lot like a dating app there where you just got to keep spamming out hey until you get smiley face back. Like, um, you uh, you got to keep spamming it out there because it's not necessarily you. It's just that, you know, other people have applied to this there and maybe uh, CCP did happen to apply for that position and we have to look at that guy because why wouldn't we? Or, uh, or it's... Um, just random thing like there's a lot of times there where i know people have got a job simply because of where they happen to land on the stack of resumes ah, yeah well that's uh, that's a good point so like so basically what you're saying is the minimum requirements are yeah. wide and varied and it just depends on how many people are applying for it and where you end up on the stack because you could come at it with a very simple resume with not even a ccna and there might not be a lot of applicants you're looking for someone very junior just someone that they can bring in fresh so they can mold and make their own yeah. Yeah, they might, uh, like, I literally might just want someone who does Excel spreadsheets, and uh, I'm not caring about much, but uh, we're not going to put a job application out there and say, this guy only needs to do um, Excel uh, spreadsheets because, well, network's going to get a bunch of Excel people, and what we really want is, like, a network person who we can mold, not to... So job postings are a bit of um, window dressing. They're not necessarily... I don't want to say they're honest, but they're not honest, but they're um, they're like the ideal version of what we're looking for. And it's more just to give you more insight into what uh, is generally accepted for the company. Like uh, you could be absolutely no one and walk in and you get a job or you could be um, or you could be like a CCIE there. And we don't look at your resume because well, why is the CCIE junior, uh, applying for this position? Yeah. Or, so it's like a. It's like a draw, and then there's other considerations. Like uh, people think that HR is like the barrier they need to trick, but really HR doesn't really get involved in most cases unless it's like a really revolving door kind of store, like uh, or a store, like a say a help desk at a ISP, where it's like they don't really care; they want a body. HR knows what they're looking for, mm. but uh, otherwise, it's the IT people who's doing the interview. Uh, they're picking the resumes, and uh, they're. Within reason, they set the job postings there, and then HR usually tries to, um, uh, believe it or not, they try and make it more wide. So they all, uh, like I once tried to hire a SharePoint developer for, uh, I can't remember what year, let's just say 2016. And um, uh, they're like, well, you can't put 2016 on there, it's too limiting. It's like, okay, well. <laughs> uh, so uh, so the HR does that there. HR usually gets in for things like reference checks and, um, uh, diversity requirements of theirs, so like some uh, states and provinces whatnot have, uh, you know, you must look at a girl applicant because of uh, diversity laws and that kind of thing. Right. Like, uh, HR is basically just quality checking to make sure that you're there, but uh, HR, it doesn't really make sense to HR, you can barely turn on the computer saying, okay, well, here's your list of network engineers, let me know how we did. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I've dealt with, um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of an interview slut. I love um, 
going through the process. And yeah, HR is just a, they, they check a few boxes. There's something like, do you have experience with this? Okay, check. Do you have experience with this? Check. And then you get through to the IT people and then you, they actually ask you the real questions. They find out who you are. They may be okay with lack of knowledge here as long as you're kind of a culture fit and you're willing to learn. Or I always ask people, when I interview them, I'd ask them like, hey, what's your favorite routing protocol? And you know, it's a weird question, but like it demonstrates that they're, first of all, they know, they know what a routing protocol is and they can pick one and give me reasons why they love it, which means they know it and they, they know the differences. So it's, I, I, I'm looking for passion and willingness to learn. And I think that's just a, a skill that really pops out. And uh, it's always what I want also, to Also, uh, just as we're throwing interview stuff in here, um, remember an interview is a two-way street. Like it's not uh, interviewer asks the candidate questions and that's it there. Like you should be asking, um, the interviewer questions about the company, and mm. you should be asking, it's like, uh, so what's the shift like? What's my team? Uh, who do I escalate to? Whatever, what's your network look like? Are you, uh, what kind of gear do I get to work on? What's training like? Because for one, it uh, shows that you're interested and you're trying to map things out, and it helps uh, shape the discussion there. And also, if I'm answering your question, I'm not asking you a question. So, uh, you uh, can help shape the interview within reason. That's I mean, true. You got panel, so uh, try and make it your own. I mean, uh, and it also helps show your personality. Where it's like, uh, you'd be like, oh well, you know, I got my hipster bike. Uh, is there a stand there? And they'd be like, uh, oh, we got a hipster bike stand. Welcome to the team. Or... <laughs> well, that's a good point. Like, it's if you start asking questions, you make the interview more about who you are rather than what you know. And most of the time, that's what they care about is who you are. They want to be able to see can you learn. What you know, it's usually lacking no matter who you are, unless like you're like a real rock star and. But senior interviews are an entirely different beast there. It's like uh, they're more, uh, okay, well, let's get really deep into your output more than, hey, do you know what OSPF is? Yeah, there's a difference between wanting to hire someone to take care of your company or wanting to hire someone to come in and help out with something. That's a big difference. I've been on both sides. Like I'm, I've been in situations where I wanted to hire just a, a secondary engineer that can come in, learn what we do, kind of shadow me and, and get up there. And that's, I don't care who you are. If you can demonstrate passion, fine. But if you want to bring in someone to replace a senior, yeah, it's gotta be like, you gotta know your stuff. It's gonna be a very, very in-depth technical interview. Um, and you know a tip I just realized uh, when I started making uh, videos more um, frequently is that uh, recording yourself is really, really hard. Like you uh, spend like an hour effort to get like a 10 minute video mm -hmm. to, uh, it takes a lot of time to get the stream of consciousness down and whatnot, but if uh, you do something like that for either a mock interview or you just record yourself and it's trying to work for your answers, you can help distill what you're trying to say because uh, when you're trying to go to a interview there, uh, I mean, they're not looking for snappy answers, but if you can get like practice like uh, and confidence delivering something and uh, in your answers, then that's always a good thing there because it's more so confidence more than anything else. Or... Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember when I would um, have like a, an interview call scheduled and it might, it might be like an IT manager interview kind of thing. Um, I would, 30 minutes before the call, I would get it from my desk because I would always be interviewing I was at work. Um, I would go walk around the block and just rehearse answers I might to questions I might think they'd be asking and I'd kind of walk through it. Um, just because I'd interview for a while, I look up questions on the internet, and I just you know kind of stream of consciousness, get prepared, kind of prepare my mind, and get get those grooves set. Because yeah, you don't want to be in the interview and just kind of be like, uh, I don't know, sure, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I'm sorry, like being all awkward. You want to have at least something ready to go. 
Um, but anyways, mo we, we got to move on a little bit. Uh, we got a super chat sure. from Sean Austin. Thank you, Sean. Um, so he's currently using CBT uh, and Packet Tracer for the CCNA 200-301, the new stuff. He's going through a section a night because he only has one to two hours of good study time. What else could you recommend to enhance his study time? Uh, so like this is a situation where very limited, doesn't have the, the, the uh, leisure of having work to be able to lab up things, very short amount of time. What would you recommend, Don? Focus on the theory. Um, the reason why is you, if you focus, uh, cut out all the configuration bits and you focus on uh, understanding how the bits go together, then when you can have your more focused labs, you can um, uh, apply them better. But ultimately, it's the theory that is going to get you through. You need to know how to configure stuff as well for the actual exam. But in your interviews and whatnot, in the real world, you actually need to know how ARP works. Just pick a random example, right? Mm -hmm. Like you need to. So focus on the theory, uh, and then um, once you get past all that there, like kind of do like an inverse of my passive reading, just kind of cut out all the configuration stuff. It's going to be boring, don't get me wrong, but this is your reality. Uh, you're going to have to uh, work your way through it. And uh, then uh, from there, you can start doing focus labs and kind of go back and uh, focus on configuration things. Then you probably need to do a refresher as well because your theory is like uh, removed from your configuration. But uh, uh, you're gonna have to do it that way if that's your truly how much time you have there. Because if you start doing the lab route, what's gonna happen is, well, you know, guess what? It takes 40 minutes to uh, get your lab up and running perfectly in Packet Tracer, and then you mm, mess around. So true. Command for 10 minutes. So focus on the fury. Like, um, as my dad used to say, eat the money. Like, uh, don't uh, fill up on potatoes and whatnot. Like, uh, get the, uh, eat the good stuff. Um, and, uh, that's probably the best bang for your buck there. And then uh, as you get more time there, you can kind of expand and get more uh, configuration. Because as you know more and more theory, you're going to have less and less issues when you actually lab things because you realize like, oh, OSPF needs the same sub area number to peer or that kind of thing, rather than trying to lab that chapter one and then you don't realize that till chapter two. Well, that's excellent because um, let's be honest CCNA is a lot of theory because you're just getting started into networking and you're, just, you're learning how networks work and um, if you look at the exam topics this is what I always hear from Keith Barker is um, look at the verbs that they're saying when they're listing a topic they might say know how to configure OSPF while they might say over here describe how ARP works look at those those verbs describe configure um, and be able to, and, and that way you can kind of hone in on how you spend your time you may only have to know the theory of something. You may not know how to. You may not need to configure it. And I would also say, um, back to the passive learning thing, like what Don said. Uh, take advantage of the time where your mind isn't totally engaged. Listen to something. I, I would. I, my wife and I were recently hanging out with Jeremy Chara and his family, and I was like, tell him, yeah, my wife knows your voice because I used to listen to you in the car passively as we, you know, take trips, like when we go to church or when we, you know, go somewhere in Dallas, which is like a 30 or 40 minute drive. I just pop it in and play because I, I'm busy. I don't have a lot of time. So I got to take advantage of those little times where I can just, anything, any little bit helps. And, uh, I know Don's not a fan of flashcards, but man, flashcards, because, um, Especially if you're using the spaced repetition method, which means um, it'll give you a fact or a figure like, you know, what, what, is, what is this? What is this? And if you get it right, it'll give you the, uh, the question again within a day. 
and if you get it right again it'll give it to you in three days like the, the key factor is is it's not going to have you review the same topics and ideas over and over and over it spaces it out um, that way you're, you're making better use of your time and you're also not going to forget it it's going to bring it up right when you may have forgotten it and kind of nestle it into your long-term memory so doing things like that to maximize your time i think is key and yeah the, the whole labbing bit i mean gosh i labbing every day is definitely a good thing and um but you waste a lot of time labbing in the setup and the, uh, why didn't that work? Well, oh, it's, it's just a bug in Packet Tracer. Oh, this and that. There's so much wasted time in labbing. Labbing's awesome, but yeah, when you're crunching for time and it's a lot of theory, um, maybe skip the lab every once in a while because theory is more important. So yeah, great answer, Don. Um, moving right along, we have another super chat from, oh wait, it went away. I scrolled too fast. Here we go. Um, from Crazy Man. Is the, is the MCITP done away with, and is the MCSE back? Well, we just talked about that. Don, I'll let you uh, leave with that. I missed the first part is of that. Is the MCITP or MC, <laughs> whatever it is, is that gone, and is the MCSE back? Yeah, that was gone in the, um, oh, Christ, what was that? When did I get my link certification? Uh, that was... 2015, wasn't it, or 16? Yeah, it was about 20, uh, 2016, and then I upgraded to MCS Communication. So, uh, yeah, I believe it's fully gone. Um, it was uh, I around the 2012, uh, no, 2016. Um, no, it wasn't 2016. I don't know when it was. It was sometime. <laughs> but it's gone now. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Um, we got a question from Droid1993. 2013. Oh, 2013. All right, there's eidetic memory coming out. Um, Droid1993 asks, oh, and thank you for the super chat, Droid. Uh, he says, I'm studying for the Security Plus. I heard they are updating the cert this year. Should I wait till they update the test? What do you think, Don? I would say no. Um, like, as long as you can study for it. Like, uh, and to be fair, like, really biased against CompTIA years. I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sure there's other people that uh, might want to ask that before me, but. Uh, as far in terms of actual value, I don't really care if it's this uh, sec plus or next plus or <laughs> next plus. That's <laughs> uh, probably going to be the next. <laughs> there um, <you> go. <laughs> uh, it doesn't really matter what version of sec plus it is, as long as it meets either your like U.S. Gov requirements or why whatever you're doing that cert. So um, it doesn't really matter if you do it now or later. So you may as well do it now because there's new uh, this current material, like. Um, now, and not just in this, but any cert, when it does update, you should take, and this is where O'Reilly comes in a lot, uh, you should go back and read like the new books that come out, uh, um, either online or through O'Reilly, or if you have CBT Nuggets or whatever, just watch the videos when they eventually come out, just so you're aware, because um, eventually, like maybe not right away, but uh, when I interview you, I'm gonna be aware that, uh, oh, uh, wireless is on the CCNA. So what's your wireless skills? And uh, like, you'll probably get away with not knowing wireless for the top first little while after the exam change, but eventually people are gonna realize like, hey, we should be bugging you about this because hey, this is important to us and we understand that a CCNA should know this. And the conversation's not gonna be, well, I have my CCNA before that, it's gonna be, well, that's nice, so what do you know about wireless? Like, <laughs> so, uh, and the same token, like, uh, Sec plus is a bit more abstract because it literally is just security theory. Like it's not um, uh, 
there's no configuring a firewall and not in SecPlus. It's entirely theory. Right. Uh, mostly CompTIA, really. Uh, so, Han, are you a fan of CompTIA? <laughs> I am not. I quite enjoyed their uh, uh, what was it, right through uh, repair debacle. Yes. Um, but anyway, my point is that uh, learn it for the security fury. Assuming the updates are uh, a decent update, and I'll give them credit. Sure, it's a, probably a decent update coming up. But uh, read the book just so you're aware of what's going on, because. Um, Assuming they updated to uh, cover, like, I don't know, uh, the new encryption stand, like, uh, standard for encrypt, like, uh, WPA3, for example, mm -hmm. then... Uh, Wi-Fi 6. Uh, yeah. It's good to know, and uh, it could come up in your thing there, but otherwise, just do... Um, I wouldn't wait for the exam update, because it's not like uh, a practical skill exam, like the CCNA or uh, Juniper or whatever uh, that's going to be... Um, or even like the Azure 104 that is Birmingham in my middle of my book. Like, um, like uh, those are practical exams. So it's like, okay, well, you need to know the stuff because hey, you're not going to... Uh, long story short, do it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I totally agree with that because, like, I mean, especially with the, the CCNA, we had the, the this exact situation. People are asking, should I go for the old CCNA while we still have time or should I wait for the new CCNA? Um, doing the current CCNA and doing the current Security Plus is better because you have more material. I mean, people who were going for the new CCNA had to wait for a while for the new material to come out. And um, also, the new material, while it, it probably is great, I can vouch for it, uh, we don't know what the new exam is like yet. It could be way different than what we're expecting. I hope not, but it, okay. it could be. Tom and I were joking because um, he has access to the um, uh, Netacata curriculum coming oh, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And they... Uh, I'll just say they cover material I covered in a far lighter glove. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be interesting to see which one is correct. And uh, uh, so I, anyway, the point is it's all guesswork. And uh, it's not like they uh, sit me down and say, hey, Donald, uh, this is what we want you to uh, teach the CCNAs. No, we got the same exam topics you do when we write a book about it. Yep. Everyone's in the dark, um, even Wendell Odom. So it's it's always interesting to see how that comes about, and um, and then to talk to your other point, uh, when the new stuff does come out, when the new exam does launch, you should definitely go back and study that material and see what's new. Um, it's it's just going to be better for you. Um, you already have the certification, so you're good there. You got that checkbox, uh, but you want to keep up to date. And the same goes for the CCNA too. Um, if and ideally, you should be interested in the security industry, so you should just naturally be like, okay, what's on the exam? Exactly. And do I know? Unless you're just getting that DOD checkbox, and you don't you don't care at all. Uh, but <laughs> I like the new CCNA. I mean, you if if you have the current CCNA, you went through Certpocalypse, um, and you got it, you're good. You definitely want to check out the new topics security, wireless, automation. Those are things that now, going forward, companies are, like like Don said, they're going to expect you to know as a CCNA. Um, maybe not right away, but as HR and, and hiring managers catch on, they're going to expect it now. Um, now, moving on, we have a super chat from Miss Heather Smiles. Uh, this, I guess, will be for both of us. She says, uh, and actually, it's more for you, actually. She says, does he have a favorite cert that he has taken so far. She says she's enjoying CCMP and Linux Plus herself. Uh, so, Don, you've taken like every cert exam in the world. Um, what's your favorite? Favorite? I could be taken a lot of different ways. <laughs> um, it's interpretive. Take it however you want. My 
favorite exam experience after the fact, because I hated it at the time, was when I uh, upgraded my um, MCSE uh, Azure to the uh, Azure Expert. I didn't realize it was a lab exam. Just, just <laughs> a total lab, all labbing. Uh, well, it was a hybrid, and I think they were, Microsoft was just seeing how much pain they could put for the upgrade people. But um, I don't think the I don't know if the actual uh, uh, two exam path was like this. But uh, basically, it was because uh, I'll back up a little bit and say I upgraded my MCSE MCSA Azure like uh, on the Friday. And it was a pain or a painless, like, oh, do you know what Kubernetes is? Okay, cool, you're upgraded. And then um, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to do this on Monday. And then uh, I did it towards the end of the day because, like, yeah, whatever. And um, I was expecting, like, okay, well, I'll configure something in Kubernetes and call it a day. No, it was um, so first it was like 20 questions. I'm like, okay, well, this is what I was expecting. Like, uh, then it uh, bumps me into a desktop. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. And it's like actual Azure, and they have a little page or like a like a CCIE task list. Like, have you ever seen like a, it's like you know configure this VLAN that kind of thing. Yeah. This was like a, you know uh, configure um, a VNet and uh, create a Ubuntu VM with this storage and this and that. And like, okay, it was like ten questions. Like, okay, that was fun. Uh, great job, Microsoft. I hit next, bumps me into another desktop. I'm like, okay, and. Um, so uh, this time it's the same thing except for networking. And then I'm like, okay, that was a good job. Hit next, another desktop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was another 10 questions or so. And this one was all uh, storage, if I remember correctly. And then um, I'm like, okay, Microsoft, uh, this is fun. This is like a six hour exam and I'm at five hours now. And Dag gum. Uh, wow. And it's like, uh, and I'm like, uh, okay, um, Anyway, I hit next, new desktop. This is all automation, PowerShell. Like, so basically be like, uh, write a PowerShell script that uh, provisions a bunch of box with this and that and the other thing. Dang. And I'm like, okay, and there's like 10 of them. So I'm like, uh, I can't remember the exact things, but I have like an hour left. And I'm like, okay, great job, Microsoft. Hit next, case studies. Wow. There were like four case studies, so um, I passed, um, I finished with like 10 minutes left in the six hour exam. And I usually finish like exams like half an hour. <laughs> and uh, so uh, they're like, okay, we need to grade your exam. I'm like, okay, well, I failed. I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to, uh, it's like, uh, this is a lot bigger. And I uh, have like to finish it this week for the upgrade or I lose the upgrade path. And it's like, uh, so fortunately, Microsoft's very uh, fast at grading there. So, um, they uh, sent the, hey, you passed there. I've never been so happy to see a Microsoft bug. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, they probably meant to film me, but they hit the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did you take the um, the AZ-103? <clears throat> no. The, the, the uh, way you're describing that test was on a very, very s small way um, how the AZ-103 exam was. Um, that to answer the question for myself that was the most fun i ever had on an exam because it what you experienced was that it was hey configure this and go through a checklist and then there were case studies you had to answer your questions off the case study configure a ton of stuff it was so hands-on it was so fun um so yeah kudos like microsoft killed it with their exam i loved it i can't wait to take another azure exam because it was really fun 
Yeah, so that's probably my favorite one all in all. There's, uh, I mean, there's bits and pieces here and there where it's like, uh, you know, like, oh, that was kind of a neat thing, or hey, that's kind of a fun interface. But that was probably the most, like, aside from like the CCIE lab, like, uh, that was like uh, uh, the most, like, uh, sitting at home. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I have an ultra wide monitor, and uh, if you ever have one there, like, you have to, like, turn your head to uh, see the screen yep. there. <laughs> and when you do it from home, um, uh, they basically have uh, these guys who watch you on the webcam, right? And uh, so, like, because the exam tasks, well, you can't see my hand, or you can't see my hand. Well, like, the exam tasks are, like, on the right side of the page. I'm constantly, like, looking over here, and they're, like, uh, pay, uh, phoning me, like, every five minutes, like, what's over there? Show us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to read. <laughs> oh, and by the way, taking an exam at home, the best experience ever, right? Like, I, I that was my first time doing that, and it was, like, I was, I was in love with it. So fun. Though they, uh, it can't, it can't go bad. But uh, generally speaking, I've had more positive experiences than not. There's uh, one there where you uh, messed up, and uh, they, uh, it's like, oh, you have to close your uh, network adapter. It's like, then I wouldn't be able to take the test. And it's like, well, our software says you need to shut it down. It's like, <laughs> okay, well, you're the, you're the boss. That's talking to you. It. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. All right, so we got time for one last question here. Uh, it's from uh, Lancelot007. Thank you for the super chat. And um, oh. this is probably going to be a hard question to answer. He says, cert versus degree. He says he has an associate degree in cybersecurity uh, and networking. Should I go back to school for a bachelor's or get a certification? That's not really a uh, hard question to answer at all. <laughs> um, so degrees are mostly fine if you're taking a programming type of degree. And the reason why is because a programming job, uh, they haven't quite moved on to certs yet. So uh, they have you, uh, like they want you to have a portfolio and programming in particular, like you benefit from sitting in a calculus class and uh, like uh, their rigid structure of learning all the programming stuff. So uh, a programming degree is fine. Um, in Canada, we uh, have a weird law about um, we can't call someone an engineer unless they are a principal engineer, like a actual certification. They actually uh, can't actually see Microsoft uh, because of the MCSE at one point. Uh, so uh, if you really want to be a true engineer, then um, uh, an engineering degree is fine. But uh, other than that, like... Uh, I have a, it's a hard, actually it's maybe a hard question, but <laughs> <Told> um, you. <laughs> fine, you get this one shot. Um, so if you're a school, the best thing it can do for you is not get you a job or anything like that, is uh, teach you how to learn and hopefully provide an environment where you uh, make uh, peers, like uh, friends and long-term contacts and that kind of thing. The actual curriculum, you don't usually get a lot of college here. Like uh, like networking is usually CCNA taught over uh, four terms or so. Um, and then uh, they'll throw in a couple uh, like Vietnam history or whatever there. So you're uh, uh, for your there and they'll make you read an English book or two and that's your degree. Uh, they'll uh, maybe throw in like a Windows class, uh, uh, which is usually just uh, random uh uh, MCP exam at the time right. and uh, exam and so basically like um, 
in terms of raw knowledge, you're not getting a lot out of it, but what you're getting is an environment where, in theory, you have a lab that you can play with all day, and uh, you have an environment where you don't have a job, like 9 to 5, where uh, uh, people are like, why aren't you uh, feeding the family, or why are you starving to death? Like, uh, you, uh, So, um, in terms of learning environment, school is fine. Um, in terms of practicality, uh, like I personally and most of the people I deal with uh, don't even look at a degree. I don't care. Like unless you're like a uh, Harvard or MIT or something like impressive, like oh that's fun. Like uh, <laughs> I don't really care. Like uh, I don't. Um, and there's reasons for that. Like it's not just me being. Um, well, maybe it is just me being a prick, but um, <laughs> we, we always. Uh, but, uh, so you don't, you don't have to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like this. Uh, but um, the reason for it is because, um, like, if you look on Reddit on, like, say, r slash networking, whatever, or sysadmin, like, there's usually a good 10, 20 posts a year of people freaking out, like, hey, I'm about to get my degree and I know nothing. Like, I slept for class and mm. uh, I let my friend Chuck uh, do all the homework uh, uh, while I was uh, partying and. Uh, party room or whatever like uh <laughs> did you so, party a lot in school <laughs> <laughs> once or twice um but the point is like uh so like uh, for one it's very easy to uh either intentionally or unintentionally like cheat your way through there like you can have um you can do group work on all your work there and that's not always an equal distribution of uh knowledge there you uh and at the end of the day, like uh, it's uh, it's a random skill set. So I would rather hire someone with a CCNA because rather than someone with a network degree, because um, if someone has a CCNA, they a were interested to take the CCNA. So I know they, in theory, like networking. They uh, they uh, understood the material and they passed the test. And uh, ignoring any cheating possibilities, or whatnot, we'll figure that out in the interview. But uh, they should have the baseline knowledge for a CCNA, and uh, they have decent drive, right? So it's um, uh, so anyway, a CCNA is a better pick for an interview because if you look at the degree person, well, maybe he picked a random degree because he thought it looked fun, uh, fun at school, or uh, and then he uh, maybe slept through the CCNA classes because he didn't really like it there, but he got a degree because why not? And, right. You have no real, and then uh, even if the student is really good, maybe the teachers weren't. Like, there's a lot of variables that that actual thing there. So for programming, I recommend a great degree. So you're never going to go wrong, and you can do um, uh, what's that MIT thing there where you can do the ad hoc classes online? Oh yeah, the um, the MOOCs. I think that was what they're called. Massively available online courses or whatever. Yeah, like uh, you can do that kind of stuff, and we we'll start building towards the. Uh, like knowledge there. Uh, what I would actually recommend for a degree, uh, and this is more for seniors more than juniors, but uh, when you hit the, a certain threshold, an MBA becomes very valuable mm -hmm. because as you get more senior, the closer you get to the business and the uh, more understanding about how costs and accounting and that kind of stuff works is uh, more valuable because A, it can enable you for senior management eventually. Uh, you can get to a certain point without it, uh, but at a certain point, the business is, if they like you, they'll probably either tell you to get an MBA or in a lot of cases, they'll uh, 
offer some kind of sponsorship program where they'll pay for it. Right. Um, now this is uh, this is not if you're like a random network analyst. This is like if you're like a network manager and they like you kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like you're on the track to C level kind of stuff. It's obvious, and they're they're kind of grooming you for it. Yeah, but usually you'll find that management. Uh, You'll, uh, you'll find uh, people who like you and they'll start grooming you uh, because uh, management like keeping people with them who uh, give them success in general, most cases. So if your manager likes you there and he becomes a director, there's a decent chance he's going to try and uh, pull you uh, either to his department or to like a management role just so he can keep uh, you there, assuming like you have those kind of traits. But uh, uh, so anyway, MBA is good. Programming is fine. Engineering, if you must. But um, uh, otherwise, uh, other degrees. I mean, I'm not saying don't do it. I'll never say don't do right, college. Right. I'm just saying to, it's a personal decision you have to make. But um, you have to uh, you have to ask yourself: Is the four years and probably tens of thousand dollars? Uh, in debt uh, worth it uh, more than it is to spend a thousand or two getting a CCNA and maybe hitting the job industry for those four years. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I completely agree with you. I, we, we've talked about this before and I've, I, I harp on this all the time, but yeah, I mean, getting four years of on the job experience is way more valuable than going to college for four years. Um, also, I, I understand having a degree is, is definitely a, a thing for people. Uh, especially if like you might, you might be the first person in your family to get a degree and that's a big deal I understand that and that's a big enough why for you to go for that uh, but if you're just getting a degree thinking that it will help you get that first job um, it will help you but will it be the best option for you that's debatable depends on where you are depends on what jobs are available and what they look for for some countries having that bachelor degree checkbox is absolutely required um, for the most part in North America that's not so much the case. And I've been in the situation where I've been hiring people and seeing an associates, that's, that's good enough. I'm um, seeing nothing. That's good enough. But if I see CCNA working on CCNB, that for me is way better because it tells me more about who you are. A degree tells me that doesn't really tell me much. Um, it could be very, very stale. Like degrees are stale. We don't know how current they are. We never know. If you have a current CCNA, I know a little bit about you and what you know. Um, and then also, I if, if you're running, a, a lot of people say, oh, you need a degree to uh, go into management. Uh, that's You need a degree for that. Uh, I would say sh that's true, but wait on that. Wait until you get to that point where you're about to get into management. And, and kind of like what Don said, because at that point, odds are they're going to pay for your degree. <laughs> they're going to sponsor you for that. Um, so if that ever happens to you, I would say just wait for that. Don't try to plan 20 years in the future. Like, oh, one day I'm going to be a C CIO, so I'm going to get my degree now wait why don't you become really good at tech and paradoxically if you get an mba now well it's like why am i hiring an mba for a network exactly. uh, junior you now instead exactly the same way a ccp can hurt you if you don't have the experience to uh uh back up that number. yeah, so yeah. Like, gotta be careful what you're putting on your resume whether it's the degree or uh whether it's um a certification or whatever yeah yeah you have to be very careful because you, you want to make sure I mean, you have to tailor your resume to the job you're applying for. And if you have no experience, you want to make sure you look like a junior. You want to make sure you look like someone who's about to start up and, and not just like, it's very hard to hire a CCMP for a junior level job. It just doesn't make sense a lot of the time. Um, uh, and I've seen and said too, but uh, 
it's not unheard of for an interviewer to tell a candidate like, "Look, don't list your CCP on your resume anymore. Yeah. You can't defend." I. I mean, uh, it's kind of a natural thing to do, but I mean, like, it's uh, it's helping the person in the long run because uh, if I see a CCP, I'm asking CCP level questions with CCP level expectations. So if you don't know what OSPF is in your CCNA, it's like, oh, I'm, or uh, you don't know how OSPF neighbors work, excuse me, and your CCNA is like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, he's a junior, whatever. But if you're CCP, it's like, okay, you're telling me you're CCP and this is causing me problems. Like, what's going on here? Like, uh, so it changes the room there. And likewise, if you're in a, like an MBA randomly you're, and uh, you're not like an MBA guy who's trying to get into the industry, uh, like you're a junior, it's going to send the really wrong message. Oh, yeah, completely. It's just like uh, getting like an MCSE and trying to apply for a network job or the opposite, right? Like, uh, well, not so much the opposite, but like uh, if you pick uh, the wrong serve for the wrong industry, it's... Uh, going to be like what's this all about? yeah it's gonna it's gonna throw up red flags and you, you don't want to put any barriers between you and that job um tailing your resume to, to to look like the person that they would want to hire is the best thing you can do for yourself now one last question i know i said i said the last one was the last one but we got a new super chat from ryan lesky um thank you ryan he says i have a new job starting in uh march they're congrats now, yeah that's awesome congrats ryan uh, he says they require me to get ccmp in two months after he starts um, what would be the best way to prepare for the new CCMP? It seems like not much study material is out yet. What would you say, Don? So, and uh, I'll preface this saying this is all guest work. Uh, we haven't seen the actual exams yet. Um, and uh, also, you're, it might be beneficial to make your business aware of the um, substantial exam change they might not be following it that closely because uh you might be able to get a couple months out of them they're like hey look uh this isn't the ccp that you're used to uh this is a different animal uh but aside from that uh the name of the game now is specialization so you need to decide what's important to the business and what you're interested in so for example um if you're, uh, like for example, I just made some SD-WAN videos, I'll probably be making a few more as I go, but um, if you want to specialize in SD-WAN because you think it's cool or your business, you think it's useful, you pick that specialization and then you go uh, get that part, but then you still need to learn everything else for the core basically. So it's uh, this is where I don't quite know where the, uh, this is where I don't quite know where to tailor the advice, but uh, pick your specialization first, get that out of the way. And then, um, depending on how hard the core is actually going to um, hit either, and I suspect it's going to be fairly hard. Like uh, it's uh, going to be like a Jackie Chan kind of kick kind of thing. Like it's, uh, it's going to hurt. <laughs> um, but um, uh, but uh, I would assume the best way to do it is take it one specialization at a time. So. Uh, Pick what's interesting or what's uh, probably most known to you, which is probably going to be the um, routing and switching one. In RC. Oh, most of Yeah. Uh, do that first because that's the uh, most familiar, I assume. And then um, from there, you're going to have to decide what's interesting to you. Like, you're going to have to do, um, say, SD-WAN next or wireless. And it's probably going to be opter or opportunistic. I can speak properly. Um, where uh, you pick um, maybe uh, like maybe I make a CCP wireless video and you watch that so you 
learn that component and Chuck decides that he's going to make a CPT Nuggets uh, course on, I don't know, um, SD WAN and uh, uh, whatever. And uh, so anyway, you're going to have to find a way to check all those boxes. Um, I did flip through the Encore book um, and uh, where was it? No, I, yeah, I flipped through the Encore book mm-hmm. uh, on Safari or um, O'Reilly now. Oh. If I learn your name one way, I'll never learn it the other way. <laughs> um, Call me Carlos. It's, uh, yeah, but uh, it looks decent. Um, I suspect it's probably going to get you, I'd estimate probably 20% of there because it seems like they're just covering all the details. And like I did the, uh, like when I read the CCI written books uh, and then did the CCI written, like uh, they tell you, um, they tell you like a basic, uh, baseline of uh, what's on the exam but it's really meant to be the end of your studies kind of like a boot camp because uh, they're not teaching you like 10,000 pages worth of things that are to teaching you uh, the CCP written book your CCI written book is like a thousand pages and whatnot and uh, so I suspect it's probably going to be similar there where you're expected to learn all the other components and then you would read the Encore book to finish it but I suspect like INE is going to be all over this there they're going to be making um, uh, their CCIE and CCP courses uh, like right now to start uh, covering all the topics aggressively because uh, that's their bread and butter. So I would say that's probably the best way to go. Um, and CBC uh, is currently working on the Encore as well. Shameless plug. Oh, I figured I'd leave that open to you, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what you guys are working on or how well you're or how deep you're hitting it, but uh, it's uh, basically you probably want multiple sources regardless of what you do. Um, and I would probably expect to fail it at least once uh, because, uh, frankly, I think um, at least until people understand the exam there, like uh, sometimes you have to take a sacrificial attempt. And I have done this a few times in my career too, where it's like, I have no idea what this exam is going to be. Uh, I have no material. You know, I'm just going to wing it. And uh, uh, once I get an idea of what they're asking about uh, and what it looks like, then I can. Go from there. And that's what I'm going to do. Like, I, I don't know what's going to be on that exam, so I'm going to schedule it probably the week after it launches and uh, just see what it's like. Because um, we, we have no idea. But um, we'll... I got challenged by Cisco to do the 500, so I got to do it on the 24th. Oh, yeah, I did too. <laughs> um, which exam are you taking on the 24th? Um, I'm taking the DevNet for sure, and I'm probably going to end up writing the CCNA because. When you write a book on it, you kind of obligated to see how right you yep, were. Yep, yep, absolutely. I'll be doing the same thing. Um, but back on the CCMP thing, um, I would say uh, Don's advice on um, letting the company know that there was a massive change in the CCMP, um, just to make sure they are aware. And then I could use that opportunity to say, hey, um, they send me on a boot camp. <laughs> yeah, send me to a boot camp because that's everything's new. Also, what do you guys need me to do? what specialization are you like what do you what's my primary role am i going to be a security more f- focused am i going to look at automation maybe probably not i wish right uh is it going to be more um wireless like there's specializations for that and then um but also just l- looking at the exam topics kind of like what don said like there is some overlap a lot of overlap between the new ccmp and the old ccmp so there's great training material out there but then if you look at like um and there's a bunch of stuff on sd-wan there's a bunch of stuff on wireless uh Cisco has published books on SD-WAN. There are SD-WAN videos on Don's channel. Go subscribe to it, the packet thrower, right now. 
So there are resources out there that um, will help you fill in those gaps. You can start now. Um, but it's going to take that first attempt to see what's going on, maybe hearing what I have to say about it when I inevitably, inevitably post my video about it without giving away too much and violating the, the terms. But And then Don, I'm sure, will have some opinions. So we'll be able to inform you, hey, it's, it's going to hit you hard with SD-WAN, so go heavy on SD-WAN. Um, but yeah, I, don't wait. Start now and then just be honest with your company. That's what I would say. Um, anyways, I think we are just about done. My wife's like, hey, honey, wrap it up. Because we could do this all night. <laughs> we I meant to start uh, stop at eight, and here we are at nine o'clock, Don. So we just um. Well, it's eight o'clock for me, actually. Eight times. Well, th then you know what? She can't get mad at me. Uh, so that works out. Loophole. <laughs> well, Don, uh, Mr. Packet Thrower, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, your your knowledge, your expertise, your experience is so valuable for me to hear this and also the community. So thank you. Um, we'll definitely have you on again to tackle whatever else we got because you are a, a fountain of knowledge. And um, guys, if you have any questions for Don, um, I encourage you to go join his Discord. Go subscribe to his channel, which I'll link below this video. And uh, go check out my Discord. He's also in there a lot. You'll see a bunch of meow, 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 more Cisco A-plus crap that happens and flashes. But uh, that's part of the mentorship thing we mentioned earlier. There's a ton of people in our groups mentoring each other. He's always in there helping out. Um, so more questions for him, go in there. He's got so much experience. Uh, Don, any closing words, any ideas, or are you just tired? Uh, I could probably use another round. I'm not really tired, but uh, more Cisco. <laughs> more Cisco. So with that, we'll end it. Uh, thanks for watching, guys. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button if you like what I'm doing here. Hit that like button because it helps satisfy the robot overlords that is the YouTube algorithm. And I'm tired as well. So more Cisco, more Azure, more more all this technology, more Linux. and uh, But also... Take it easy. Relax. Um, we kind of talked about studying this time, and uh, um, you can do this. Take your time. There's a method to the madness. Um, enjoy it. Don't stress yourself out because when you're stressed out, it's hard to remember things. You're not efficient. Uh, I, I, there's one quote I always look back on that I mentioned in my video. Um, going slow is the fastest thing you can do. Sometimes it just takes going slow. Get that passive learning going, and that's all I got. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time.